0: Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today pre-market podcast. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Friday, the 24th of February. Thank God it is Friday. It has been a long week, a big week for results, but we are coming towards the conclusion of that next week. So, relief all round for investors. Analysts and brokers. Just remember, though, of course, all this is general advice only, so please do your own research, contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas, or insights in this podcast. All right, well, let's head on over, as always, to the scores on the doors, and the doors were having a good day in terms of US markets. We have the Dow Jones closing up 109 points or 0.33%. Had a pretty wide range. We had a high of 227 and a low of minus 249. So, not a bad trading range for the Dow closing at 33,154. But certainly, we saw a little bit of positivity going into the close. But a bit of a higgledy piggledy day as we await some core. Data coming out tomorrow from the U.S. market. Nasdaq up 0.7 of a percent, obviously helped, of course, by that Nvidia result uh, that was after hours yesterday and leading to a 14 odd percent rise in Nvidia shares, certainly helping Nasdaq. The S&P 500 up 0.5 of a percent in the middle for diddle 21 points, 4,012, and as you would expect, per, well, pre the weekend as well. And uh, the volatility index, that VIX volatility index, falling 5.4% in the U.S. market. Our SPY futures up a modest 8 points or 0.11%. Uh, we did fall 29 points or 0.4% yesterday, 72.85. It wasn't long ago we were knocking on the door of all-time highs, about 100 points away, but here we are languishing as one or two of the pillars in our market strength in January have been eroded, I wouldn't say pushed aside or smashed, but certainly have been eroded. That big bank basket pillar uh, has come off considerably post the Commonwealth Bank results and one or two other issues with the RBA and interest rates, of course. In terms of US stocks last night, let's run through a few of the biggies. We had Apple up 0.3, Meta up 0.5, Google down 0.8, Microsoft up 1.3, Amazon unchanged, Tesla pretty much unchanged up 0.6 of a percent, Netflix down 3.35 percent. I saw a report that they were going to be cutting subscription prices in some countries. JP Morgan... Up 0.8, Citigroup up 0.7, Goldman up 0.7, Bank of America down 0.1, Wells Fargo up 0.6. Nothing really exciting to go on there. Block was up 1.6, but the numbers have just dropped for Block after hours, and the stock is down around 5% on some misses there for Block. In other US stocks, ExxonMobil slightly higher, and up nearly 0.9 of a percent, General Motors falling 4% and Walmart down another 1.5%. Looking at uh, European markets, they were all slightly firmer as we are all celebrating the grim anniversary of the Ukrainian um, invasion by Russia. Stock 600 pretty much unchanged. FTSE down 0.3, which was where it was uh, supposed to open and it pretty much stayed there. Germany up 0.5, France up 025 and Spain, well, Manana, up 0.7% for Spain. In the US, though, one of the reasons why we did see a little bit of a rally in the US was those bond yields started to ease back. We saw 10-year yields in the US, 3.887, down 3.7 basis points. Two years, though, relatively unchanged, 4.70. And Aussie is uh, Aussie 10 years, pretty much exactly the same as the US 10 years. Very unusual to see that. Haven't seen that for a while. 3.885 there. Bitcoin was up half a percent. We had the Aussie dollar 68.10, up a smidge. US dollar index pretty much unchanged. Looking at commodities overseas last night, we had Brent crude up 2.2%. Finally starting to see a little bit of support creeping in for that oil price. Up $1.77 to $82. WTI up 1.7%, $1.2675.16, gold price pretty much unchanged to be honest down $1.80 and we did see LME prices across the board down and dirty, copper down 2.2%, nickel down 4%, aluminium down 08 zinc down 09 lead down 1.7% and tonne finally down 25 in mining stocks overseas, BHP down 2.1% and Rio down 1.9% in ADR terms. So that is implying a little bit of weakness there in Australian trade for both BHP and Rio. Freeport, mcmoran was down nearly 3%. Alcoa down 2.1%. Tech up 0.8%. anglo american down 2.5%. Glencore unchanged, Vale unchanged. And we did see AWC, which is Alumina, in the US, down 3.1% as well. And Arbomile in the lithium space, up 3%. So a bit of good news, rare good news for Arbomile. In the US, though, we do get personal consumption expenditure reports, which will be released on Friday in the US, 8.30. This is one of the key inflation measures that the fed uses so it is a big number in terms of that significance new home sales and consumer sentiments data will also be released on friday morning SOCGEN has come out and said trying to get some headlines albert edwards has said that investors would do well to be extremely skeptical about the strong january u.s data So there we go. He says they have entered the death zone. He compares the rally since October with an Everest ascent. Apparently we left the safety of the base camp last October when the PE was 15 and the equity risk premium was 270 basis points. But we are now close to the valuation summit PE of 18.6 and that equity risk premium of just 155 basis points. Edward says, mistakes are made when oxygen is this thin. Climbers call this the death zone. Of course, you do have to get over the Hillary step as well. Warner Brothers has reported revenue that missed Alanis' expectations as the media industry contends with a soft advertising market. And Sam Bankman-Fried, he's not going to be freed for some time, I suspect, faces new charges for political donations. Another 12 charges including four for fraud and eight for conspiracy. Block down around 5% on its results after hours, as I have said. And we also have Boeing, which is one of the stalwarts of the Dow. Huge orders at the moment flying for aircraft manufacturers. But Boeing has halted deliveries of its Dreamliner on an issue with the fuselage. All right, well, let's go head on over to Australia today. we got the SPY futures up eight points but once again, it is a big day for results. Not quite as big as yesterday, Super Thursday, but it is not bad for a Friday. We do have Accent Group, Alchem, Austal, Block, which we've seen come out in the US, Brambles, Gemworth, Jumbo Interactive, Mineral Resources, Pilgrim Minerals actually came out after hours last night. So uh, I have looked at that one in more depth in the newsletter today in Henry's Take, Rezimac and Ventia Services. In other headlines today, Disappointed. Newmont talks to Newcrest over information access. It looks as like if they're a little disappointed they're not getting that much access. In results out so far, Ostel has maintained its EBIT guidance. It swung to a $7.3 million net loss after tax, following a 45.1 million profit in the prior corresponding year. Revenue rose to 775 million for the period, which is up from 722. Uh, Declared an interim dividend of 4 cents and maintained guidance 58 million. Brambles, quite an important uh, stock, really, Brambles, as a gauge for how much is being moved around on pallets. It has upgraded its full year guidance, projecting revenue growth of between 12 to 14 percent. Not bad. Underlying profit growth of between 15 to 18 percent and free cash flow after dividends to improve and remain an outflow. So, possibly some good news for Bramble shareholders there when the, we see the reaction as the market opens. Fonterra has cut the milk price forecast, citing softer demand. We saw results yesterday from Bega as well, uh, saying that the peak in dairy prices has passed, with any luck anyway. We shall see how that one turns out, but uh, certainly it has been quite noticeable at the dairy cabinet. Uh, Lincoln administrations out this morning reports half-year operating EBIT 802 Markets going for 79. Uh, Link Administration Holdings Guides FY Revenue, that's full year revenue at lower end of previous range of 1.19 to 1.22. Talking brambles, the CFO Nessa O'Sullivan is to retire, effective the first quarter of 24. The Australian Finance Group AFG has reported HY underlying N... Well, let's go NPATA, 25.6 million, uh, which is slightly... Below uh, estimates of uh, 26 million mineral resources numbers out this morning. This is another biggie. Uh, probably solid will be the comment from this one. A reported underlying npat 388.6. Although the market was going for 465. Uh, although the range was quite large, from 379 to 543, you could drive a bus through that. Hopefully, a Kelsian bus. A reported revenue of 2.35 billion. Uh, Against 2.41 billion interim dividend, $1.20 fully franked. So there we go. Maybe not such good news for mineral resources this morning. Paladin reports first half NPAT of a loss of 13.3 million. Well, that was probably expected. 11 million a year ago. Cash and cash equivalents of 163 million bucks sitting in the bank account. West Gold Resources reported half year NPAT. Loss of 11.1 versus a profit of 19.9. Revenue 315 versus a year ago at 311. Jumbo Interactive, well, they never forget, reported uh, underlying a first half NPAT of 18.2 up 8% versus a year ago of 16.8. So that was good news. EBITDA 30.2 up 7% versus a year ago and dividends of 23 cents fully franked. It has reaffirmed. The FY23 outlook in other results out this morning, uh, we have seen universal store profits up 31.7% to 17.8 million. The company declared an interim dividend of 14 cents underlying earnings before tax and interest was up 43%. This is certainly a stock that I liked uh, quite a lot, actually, when I did the Osbys Investment Committee, but it got outvoted because it was seen as a consumer discretionary stock. Well, maybe it's not quite so discretionary, and maybe the consumer that it is aiming for is younger and doesn't have a mortgage or isn't troubled by interest rate rises there. Uh, in broker news today, let's go through a few of the upgrades and downgrades. CLSA has been out there busy pumping up their research. Accent Group has been upgraded to an outperform from underperform. And Kelsian Group has downgraded to outperform from a buy at CLSA. These are semantics, really, aren't they? 29 Metals upgraded to underperform from a sell at CLSA. Not sure how you can underperform if you've already sold something. Shouldn't you then have to buy it in order to underperform? Anyway, we remains to be seen with that one. And in news just breaking, Ardent Leisure has reported HY and uh, NPAT from continuous operations $20 million operating revenue, 43.7, which is up 136% from a year ago. It says the group is well capitalized to fund its recovery and future investments. Uh, Phineas Corporation Holdings has reported H1 revenue of €61.5 million, which is up Uh, Sorry, down uh, 6% on a year ago of 65.4. Revenue guidance, 124 to 128. Pride guidance, 135 to 140. Very thin, though, but that will probably harm it to some extent. In other broken news, we have got Pilbara being upgraded to a buy from a hold at Jefferies. Their target price is now $5.50. Gold Road has also been upgraded to a buy from a hold. Their target price is $1.75. And let's have a little quick look at the Pilbara numbers. Uh, To finish off, as I say, we do have those numbers and a little more detail in Henry's take today in the newsletter. So head on over there for a little bit more analysis and our recommendation. Pilbara Minerals has reported a half-year NPAT of $1.24 billion, which is a little bit below the 1.28 billion that the market had been looking for. The range was 1.23 to 1.33. Uh, revenue, 2.18 billion. Uh, fact set, which is the consensus, was going for 2.2 billion. So a smidge light on. Cash balance, also just a little bit disappointing. 2.23 billion. It had 591.7 million at the end of June. But it has paid its first dividend ever and that is 11 cents and it's now paying tax so it is fully frank that is 11 cents Uh, the record date for that is the 3rd of March so that is the first dividend that Pilbara have paid and uh, they are targeting 20 to 30 percent of their free cash flow to be paid as a dividend going forward and question of the day today well Qantas released their results yesterday a record profit But judging by some of the feedback on some of the media sites, uh, Qantas still very much in the doghouse as far as passengers go, as far as quality goes. What is your opinion of Qantas? Are you paying too much for a Qantas or Jetstar fare? Is it providing that premium service that Alan Joyce says it love to hear your thoughts and opinions on Qantas. So far it's been good for the shareholders, but probably not so good for the passengers or the taxpayers. Well, that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great day. And as always, may the trading gods be with you and have a great weekend.